On today's episode, find out how this direct consumer watch brand is delivering quality, value, and high levels of customization. Do stay tuned. Retail and e-commerce have witnessed an unprecedented transformation in the last decade. The widespread adoption of mobile technology, social media, as well as the lowered cost of cloud-based technology have not only eroded the barriers to entry in retail, but it's also led to the rapid rise and dominance of digital native product brands that sell directly to their customers. On this podcast, you'll get the scoop on customer acquisition and retention strategies employed by high-growth digital native product brands. Not being afraid to spend because you know that customer is going to pay it back uh, three or four-fold. That's when you start to unlock channels in the way that they were meant to be used. And- Listen to interviews with experts at the forefront of technology and innovation in digital retail. Three years ago, they wouldn't have come to us because, yeah, the macro trend of cloud, Wi-Fi, broadband availability, that was a real, that was a real problem. Hear firsthand stories from founders of innovative direct-to-consumer brands. Although I was thinking about the competition, I was more thinking about, like, how do I just build a freaking successful business? We focus on driving as much traffic as possible, converting that traffic, uh, and then dumping money back into driving more traffic. These insights will help you consistently 2x growth in specific areas of your direct-to-consumer brand. This is the 2x e-commerce podcast, hosted by Kunle Campbell. I wanted to give the team out at Clavio a shout out, and that's because they have a COVID-19 daily pulse update. So if you're trying to figure out how the e-commerce industry is affected by the COVID-19 pandemic, look no further because they run a daily survey and then email the daily results to merchants. And you don't have to be a Klaviyo customer to be part of this. Head over to Klaviyo.com and you'd find a pop under right on their site. We'll link you to the survey form. Once you fill out the survey form, you're automatically entered and you'd be given updates on a regular basis. Try and update the form regularly. Just head over to Klaviyo.com. This is really good insightful data for the e-commerce industry best of luck everybody and stay safe hi guys welcome 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 to the 2x e-commerce podcast show this is a podcast dedicated to rapid growth in online retail so if you're looking to grow metrics such as conversions average order value traffic and ultimately sales, you are you know, tuning into the right show. Now, if um, you're listening to the podcast, um, yeah, um, you know, welcome. And if you're watching um, this on YouTube, actually super welcome. On today's episode, um, it rings through to two themes we've been talking about. At the start of the year, I told you we're going to be talking to a lot more international e-commerce businesses, one. And number two, We're obviously going through the coronavirus crisis and um, we want to get growth stories to inspire you to go through this, you know, um, this episode. It is an episode. um, It's not forever. We're going to come through it and, you know, get out of it at some point. So um, in that regards, I have with me the founder of a direct-to-consumer watch company that uh, 
that make absolutely stunning pieces, number one. And um, number two, have leveraged a lot of from licensing. Um, so we're going to talk about licensing you know, later on um, to deliver a an eight-figure brand. So they're clocking close to about 10 million a year um, in revenue, which is fantastic. And they're based out in Hong Kong. Now, Hong Kong, um, obviously... Being a neighbor to China um, had the effects, you know, felt the effects of um, the coronavirus um, early in January and still, um, you know, facing some resurgence, you know, of the virus. So it'd be really, really interesting to speak with, um, you know, the founder of a company, of an e-commerce company based in Hong Kong um, to understand what it is like, you know, going through the trenches and how, you know, they're going through this crisis. And he's just going to share amazing tips, you know, for you guys to to enjoy. Without further ado, I'd like to welcome the founder of On Don, All in Capital Letters, Michael Young. Welcome, Michael. Thank you. Okay, I haven't done you sufficient justice to introducing yourself. Could you take a minute or less to introduce yourself and your brand On Don, please? Yeah, basically, you know, I I am a, I'm educated and as an engineer, I wasn't a, a watch guy to to start off, mm. uh, but started collecting since I was like 12 years old. Had my first Rolex, <laughs> so uh, <laughs> 12. <laughs> so I, I started early. So I'm not that old, but yeah, I started collecting a lot of vintage watches since I was young. Okay. So I like I like mechanical stuff. So you know, a, a mechanical watch is. You know, something you can bring with you all the time. So that fascinates me. Mm-hmm. And um, actually, that was always my hobby. And, you know, I, I started working in, in telecom companies, software companies uh, for a while. And, and you know, that didn't interest me that much. You know, I always wanted to start a business, uh, something related to my hobbies, to my own interests. So, uh, you know, I had a chance to to actually leave the software company that I was working for. So then I started a watch related uh, business uh, to do watch packaging. And, um, you know, I, I because I'm based in Hong Kong now and uh, I got supplies in China. So I was doing actually packaging uh, okay. boxes. Let, let, let's un- 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 unpack that. Um, we will yeah. continue, please. Okay. Yes. So you said you were based in Hong Kong. Were you based any? So were you? So I was else? actually. Yeah, I was in Australia before I came back to Hong awesome. Kong. Awesome. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then where, where about Sydney? In Brisbane. In Brisbane. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. Okay. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And then packaging. What What does a watch packaging company look like? And what What company did you package for? Right. So basically, because uh, I'm a collector then I know what I want in packaging. So I actually met up with someone who supplies packaging in China. So uh, then I started to partner with a factory in China to supply brands in, uh, in Europe. Actually, I then went to find a partner in Switzerland and they were supplying to the Swatch Group, to people like Frank Muller, they were supplying Omegas, AP and all the big brands. So because the difficult part in to getting into business in Switzerland is that they, they prefer to work with Swiss companies. Mm-hmm. So it, it's kind of impossible as an Asian-based company to actually work with all these top brands. So the, the step in was to get the partner, and, uh, and I got myself in. 
So, awesome. you know, that was interesting, you know, being a collector myself to really see the world of, you know, fine Swiss so, so, so are you saying that like an AP watch, a 30,000, you know, dollar watch, um, yeah. the packaging is not done in Switzerland. Um, it will be contracted to a Swiss company, but the yes. Swiss company will outsource it elsewhere in the world, which could be Hong Kong or China. Um, it could be everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, Super you know, fascinating. You know, you're, you're talking about Switzerland. Switzerland, I mean, looking at the population, if you take out banking, you take out all the cosmetics, uh, all the other companies, there's not a lot of people left that is in the watchmaking industries. I mean, it's kind of like it's impossible to make so much stuff in Switzerland. So they kind of have to outsource. Okay. It's not that they want to outsource. You know, I mean, they of course they want to make everything in Switzerland. But imagine, let's say, some company like Rolex, they make close to a million watches a year. So where, you know, where, where, where are the Rolex watches made then? The Rolex is assembled in, 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 in Switzerland. A lot of the Swiss watchmaking, I mean, the final assembly, it's in Switzerland. But, you know, a lot of the components, they come from everywhere in the world. world yeah. I mean, namely, China supplies a lot of different things like packaging, displays and other stuff. We're truly a global global village, you know. Uh, it's fascinating, yeah. really, really fascinating. So, yes. so, how did you make that transition from packaging to DTC um, of actual watch, watches? Right. So, I myself as a collector, because I I work in the packaging industry, and I also because I supply to these watch brands in uh, Switzerland, so I get to go to Basel. So then I meet all the different suppliers that also supplies these brands in, mm-hmm. uh, in Basel. So I have access to all the factories that makes high-end uh, watch components. And that's uh, the starting point. And I also have another business that is a watch repair business, and that's my little pet business. So I was doing a lot of repairs because of my you know, roots in, in collecting Rolexes. I was actually trying to convert Rolexes you know, trying to paint them in a different color, uh, trying to fix it, to manufacturing some parts that I can't get access to. And then actually, actually in, uh, in those days, some companies in London was actually calling me up saying, Michael, can you help supply me with some parts uh, to modify Rolex? Can you do a custom modding to a Rolex? And that was actually the start of, um, you know, seeing, oh, there's actually demand for a personalized watch. Mm. You know, people were paying like two to three times the standard retail price of a Rolex to get it modified. And yeah. I think it's, it's kind of crazy, right? You know, so, it, it's, it's so, already so, like, yeah. Yeah, you know, go for it. Sorry. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. So it, it's already like a, a, a 20, 20,000 pound watch and people would really want to modify it you know it's brand new right but there's a market because i was supplying to one of the top models of these rolexes uh don't prefer not to name them but you know collectors would know what company that was okay um so basically i see a market there you know they were selling hundreds not literally not thousands but hundreds but imagine they are like 10 20 pound watches and selling like 500 watches a year or a thousand watches a year. So that's a lot of money. And, you know, that 
that I was supplying these uh, companies with uh, with all these parts, part packaging, everything. So there, I see a need for people to actually personalize things. You know, that was the aha moment. You know, I was talking to my co-founder then, you know, during a, a beer. Jeez, I was supplying this company. They sound like modern Rolexes. And my friend and now co-founder of it said, Michael, what are you making out of this $50,000 watch? I said, probably a couple hundred dollars. And he said, you see? <laughs> I was hoping he said, wow, you know. But, you know, I was saying that's how much I make out of it. Yeah. So that was the idea. If, if I had all the suppliers, if I had all the, all the stuff that, that supplies to this company, if I could have started my own business, to allow personalization to the the working man level, that will be a great idea. So there, there's through this um, beer we we started, and my friend is actually an expert in the e-commerce side on the on the advertising side. Is so that who's, who's your co-founder? Uh, it's Robert Robert Tran. So okay. he actually also is a co-founder of uh, some advertising company, e-commerce okay. advertising company. Okay. So he's the expert on that side. At the moment. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So he knows most of the e-commerce um, side, and I know all the supply side of the watch side. So mm-hmm. that was uh, hmm, a good good partnership. So mm-hmm. we started and uh, we say, oh, because of e-commerce, the way they do business is very different to traditional bricks and mortar. Usually in a, in a startup, you would ask your friends and family or using your own savings to, you know, pay for everything initially. But he say, let's, let's start, wait, let's think bigger. Let's think like an e-commerce company. You know, you know, e-commerce companies, they will look for angel investors. Uh, you know, they will look at the speed of uh, uptakes. Um, you know, they don't want to take 10 years or 20 years to develop a brand. So let's try to position ourselves as an e-commerce company, as a direct-to-consumer brand, instead of traditional watch brand. You know, in, in watch tradition, you know, a, a watch brand which is less than 20 years old will be still relatively young. You're talking about watch brands that are like 80 years old or even 100 years old. So we want to do it a different way. We wanted to do this as a real e-commerce business. Mm-hmm. We want to be direct to consumers. We want to bring the best value to customers. We want to bring the power to choose. Basically, you know, you're buying a very expensive watches, you know, Patek Philips, Rolex, all the name brands. But what do you get? They give you a black strap. And even paying half a million dollars for a watch, you still get a black strap. You know, we've gone past the Model T Ford for many years in the car manufacturing. But in watches, you only still get one choice of color, you know, a yeah. black strap or a steel band. But, yeah. but that's, that's not that fun. You know, we should empower the consumer to select what they wanted. You know, if I want a green strap, I want a red strap, you should have a choice. You know, I think the watchmaking industry has been a bit slow on on responding to consumer taste. And we sought to actually change a very traditional business. But actually, we are 
in a sense, changing it. But in the other sense, we are bringing back the custom watchmaking back mm -hmm. to the industry. So in the old days where, you know, pocket watches, they used to be a watchmaker that will manufacture a pocket watch for you. Yeah. Right. But because of the industrialization, things are made in mass bulk. Market. Yeah. Mass market, right? Yeah. So you don't get a choice of what's made, right? In today's luxury, they are luxury because it's sold at a high price. Well, it's not sold because of the uniqueness, right? So we are bringing back the power to do customized stuff, like custom suits, right? Okay. So, so, so while you were talking, um, right. I was customizing something on your on your website. Your, you know, the right. Uh, it was a custom urban chronograph, two hundred and twenty nine right. pounds. Yes, and it's incredible that I can customize the dial. So mm -hmm. I had an option of like a horizontal um, tuxedo type dial. Yes, a white yes. one with um, that's more vertical, and then a black one that's more vertical. You choose it. Right. You can yes. put your initials in it. Yep. You could put your movement in it. It's like a VK61A. Yes. We need to talk about movements because um, that's confused me. Okay. Um, <laughs> that's another one. And then you could change your case. So there's like um, like pink gold um, or rose gold, rather gold. Yes. Um, black, silver. Guys, yep. listen on. Then there's the hour minute hands. Um, they're like one, two, three, four, five, six, eight, nine, 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 <laughs> nine options. Leaf, yeah. button, and slim. So nine times times three is twenty-seven options there. Yeah, and then there are literally um, millions of combinations. There's a second <laughs> hand, then yeah. the then the um the strap, and it's still freaking two hundred twenty-nine pounds. Yes, but look how at how do you do it? How do you do how, it? How do you right. scale customization? Because that's a massive issue. How do you get? I, I noticed that you're on um you're on Amazon. What do you do with Amazon? Is quite straight. In terms yep. of um, what's on what you could do on a product listing, and you know, just due to the right. scale of it. So, okay. how do, how do you scale out when you're going multi-channel, and how do you okay. even scale from a production standpoint? Right. I think you you've actually uh, shown why we can do it because while you're customizing your watch, mm. I'm talking to you, meaning that I'm not serving you. Okay, mm. you're just talking to my server, right? Mm. So, but in the traditional bricks and mortar business, you will be talking to a salesperson. It will take forever to customize your watch. And if you're in a shop, let's say it takes two hours to customize a watch. It doesn't make any business sense. You know, how many watches can you sell through a shop doing customization, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. But now you're doing it on a computer, the interface, the web interface. That's all you're talking to. You're not talking to Michael Young to customize your watch. You're talking to my program. So that's how we scale. You know, we can literally have millions of people all customizing at the same time. Yet I'm not spending one minute of human time interacting. I, I get the technology bit. Yeah. But like that's my order. I'm about to mm -hmm. make, I'd like to make an order, yes. by the way, um, right. is going to be pushed out to your operations or your, your, your back yes. end. Which is only next door to me. Okay. So how, so if you were to get 300 orders today, like over, right. I, I saw the bleep in um, similar web, 
where December, yes. you know, you guys were like 250,000 visitors that, that month. Right. Um, how do you cope with peaks, you know, with demand? Um, right. A lot of customization. So, you know, most, most e-tailers yes. already have the manufactured products in their warehouse yes. ready to ship right, right. now. Mm-hmm. Um, but with that le- with this level of customization, it means you have a team of technicians or engineers yes. putting and packaging this together. How quickly do they do it? And how right. fast do you get it from order to my, my doorstep? Sure. Given personalization. So place. basically the degrees of freedom when you customize, that means it's actually componentized or... These are all pre-made components that we stock up. So basically the dial, the movement, the hands, the case, these are all pre-made. So after we receive your orders, we basically will be just assembling the whole watch. And the actual assembly takes roughly about 10 minutes per watch. Wow. Okay. So literally you can have, you know, five to six watches per hour. How many people do you have at the back end? So we have about four watchmakers. Okay. Okay. So you're talking about 200 plus a watches a day. Okay. I mean, literally if I can out, outpace my watchmakers, I'll be in a pretty good business. Yeah. And you but just keep scaling can, that bit, right? You can keep scaling, but yeah. we, we only... At the very start, you know, we are working on automation on assembly. So most of the time is actually putting the hand on the movement. That's yeah. uh, where the watchmaker is. But now we have automation. We have fully automated machines that can do the, the hand assembly. So that will reduce the time from five minutes to, to set up a, a watch down to like 30 seconds. That's incredible. So does that mean that your websites will sort of feed in the specifications to the um, to the robot and then the robot just, um, you know, picks? Uh, it's not as advanced, but yes, literally our, our backend ERP system will show the order where we'll pick the components and the, the, the technician will actually put the component on the automation machine for the assembly. Incredible. So it, it, it's semi semi uh, uh, semi optimized. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Another question I have is in regards to um, what happens after. So once the the watchmaker, obviously the watchmaker, the the best use of a watchmaker's time is to make watches. So who who right. do they hand it over to? What does it look like? And what are your typical delivery times from order? Um, so say I order it from the UK today. Let's say there was yep. no coronavirus thing going on. Um, right. How, how quickly would I would I have it? You know, um, in, yeah, in technically uh, our assembly, it's most of the time is waiting time. <laughs> it's more the QC time afterwards. It will take oh, okay. more time than the watchmaking. Basically, we have to undergo uh, uh, rigorous QC testing. Yeah. So we have to do waterproof testing. We check if there's any dust in the within the uh, on the glass. Uh, it takes a few days. So we claim we can ship it out from order within a week. Okay. And then it takes then, you know, if you do express shipping, it takes a couple of days to get to, let's say, from Hong Kong to London. Yeah. If we ship by FedEx, it's like one to two, one to two working days. Okay. And if it's normal order, it will take about a week through the normal uh, email through post office. Okay. So we have two options. Uh, we have the basic free 
uh, postage through the post office. But if you want it quickly, you can upgrade that. Incredible. 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 Um, I'm still quite impressed by the price point. Um, yes. How with with the overheads, uh, the, the air overheads, um, mm-hmm. you have your, your your watchmakers. Yes. You have the watch designers. Yes. You guys are churning out designs. You have the licensing fees because you have a Batman series and many other yep. you know, licenses. Yep. So, and then your price point is less than three hundred pounds or um, yes. you know three hundred dollars. So, right. so how you know how do you manage all of this and still? What are your margins? What are your gross margins like um, in in the business at this point? We we are like um, you know sixty to seventy percent gross margins. Whoa. Okay. okay. The reason why we do it is we are fully integrated, so we are like a real watchmaker. We work with all our components uh, component supplier directly. You know when we talk about case suppliers we work with them directly suppliers like the movement we get them from seiko directly so we skip all the middlemen in between and everything is housed in the same office you know vivian's up here but he she is actually next door to the watchmaker who's assembling the watch that you probably just ordered Mm. we have our watch designer in the in, in the same room Mm. We have our web programmers in the same room. Mm. You know, literally when we do any programs for manufacturing uh, to marketing, to PR, it's everything that's within a stone throw away. So this is a fully integrated uh, company from the manufacturing side, from the marketing side, from the design side. So we actually... I will. I think will eliminate a lot of costs, all the friction to do business, yeah. because of this. Because everyone's within the same room. You know, we don't have to say, "Oh, can I have a meeting somewhere?" You know, two days later, we, yeah. you know, we do everything in an instant. You know, okay. we literally can do a special, uh, what we call drop, a special edition. You know, I've literally done it within like 24 hours. We designed our marketing design, designed and decided we need something for this month. You know, I designed the product. I mean, I changed the printing on the dial and literally we had the program out within 24 hours with a Mm -hmm. product for sale on the web all programmed up. I think that's kind of like impossible anywhere else in the world. Yeah. Not just talking about watchmaking. You're talking about product, you know, direct-to-consumer product. That's, I think, the future way of doing business. Yeah. yeah. It's incredible agility. You know, you're, you yeah. guys are hugely agile. And that's how, yeah. like, a lot of um, some of the best software companies actually work. Yeah. You're applying those agile te- techniques, you know. Um, in, in, but in, in the physical products, we are actually bringing more, like, the tech side, into a physical product. Which is what Tesla is doing. You know, that's how Tesla, you know, um, operates. But even Tesla, they only have an interface for you to order, you know, but mm. they still need the time to deliver the product you know, for, for a while. You don't get your Tesla car for a while. Mm. For mm. us, it's like designing something and then like next day you have the real product. So how many designers do you have? Do, do, you, do you, is it an internal thing or do you, do you hire? It's an internal thing. We have uh, two full-time designers. 
Yeah. Actually, both of them have uh, automotive design backgrounds. Ah, that yeah, makes both sense. of them are educated. Why? Why, why automotive? Why? Why go industrial design? Um, and actually, I don't like to hire t- uh, watch designers. Why? I mean, they are locked okay. up in the world of watches. I mean, I, I I need some new concepts. I need new ideas. Um, you know, I don't want to go the traditional way of doing everything, mm. you know, like business, you know, I, if you follow the same paradigm, you know, then you're, you're, you're you cannot win because it's, it, you, people have been doing it for the last 50 years and mm. doing it better than people that does it the same way for 50 years. It's very difficult. Mm. The only so, way to win is to be different. Mm. If you're not doing watches, what other products would you, would you be doing? Oh, I I will be doing other things that 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 is my interest in the consumer I, I space. Do, that is, yeah. I, I I before I started watch packaging, I was thinking to make hi-fi gear. You know, audiophile stuff because I I am an audiophile as well. An audiophile, okay. Yeah, I was about to launch an audio brand before I went into the watch business. So awesome. you know, yeah, I'm a, I'm a collector. I collect all different vintage uh, stuff, you know, like old telephones, old uh, amplifiers, old cameras, or everything. <laughs> I have That's a true. whole warehouse full of those stuff. <laughs> yeah, your amount of taste, you, you, it looks like. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Let's take this quick break to hear from our sponsors. Let's take a quick break to talk about screwing up accidents happen perhaps you installed an app that messed up your theme or a csv import completely messed up your product catalog common myth cloud-based e-commerce platforms like shopify and BigCommerce have automatic backup solutions you can use when something goes wrong with your store this is simply untrue they don't myth busted so what do you do you use rewind Rewind will protect Shopify and BigCommerce stores with automatic backups. Rewind should be the first app you install to protect your store against human error, misbehaving apps, or collaborators gone bad. It's like having your very own magic undo button. Rewind is trusted by over 25,000 businesses from side hustles to the biggest retail brands you can think of. Gymshark, Movement Watches, and Pampers all use Rewind for automatic backups. So here's a deal for 2Xs. If you head over to rewind.io, which is R-E-W-I-N-D.io, install Rewind, you'll get to use it for free for seven days. If you reach out to the Rewind team and mention the 2X e-commerce podcast, they'd extend your seven-day trial for a full month for free. Enjoy peace of mind with Rewind Backups. Remember to head over to Rewind.io and don't forget to mention the 2X e-commerce podcast for a full month trial. Let's talk about movements and then we'll talk about this coronavirus thing. Right. Uh, so in terms of movements, what, what are your favorites, you know, uh, movements? Um, um, yeah, basically we use, uh, everything we use is supplied by uh, Seiko from Japan. Okay. So yeah, Japanese movements, right? Yeah, the the reason is we use a single uh, component supply, which makes it easier for us. So it's another way to save costs because uh, the same movements will be shared by our different models. Mm. So that will reduce my inventory costs. Mm. 
So I think the the one trick that we have um, with Undone is that a lot of components are interchangeable. Let's say the watch hands, because it, if it uses the same movement, that means the hands can be installed. So even if I design a new case or a new design, I don't yeah. have to completely um, set up the inventory for it. So, so the movement is kind of like a motherboard in a computer, and then yeah, it's like the engine. I mean, it's yeah. it's like a car engine. You know, you can have it in a passenger car, you can have it in a sports car. Okay, so 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 how does like a Swiss you know movement compared to like a Japanese movement? Why why are you know, um, you know watch enthusiasts like you so? concerned right. about like movements and watches and stuff like that right i think i mean in terms of the watch making pedigree of course the swiss they are made well but the the downside of it it's expensive and the other side will be they're limited in supply so if you want to say buy a million you know swiss movements i, I think it's kind of impossible so the other extremes will be the chinese made movements you can buy them in, in bulk, but unfortunately, um, the watch movements you can source from China are not that reliable. So you will take a lot of time to sort through the quality issues. Mm. So the in-betweens will be the Japanese. The Japanese have relatively good um, uh, quality, but yet the price is more controlled. Okay, are these automatic or um, are these battery powered? How, how do they? What's quartz, what's, quartz movement? Quartz, we okay. we have right. both. Uh, we have quartz movements, and we have uh, mechanical movements. Okay, so both okay. of them we, we we use. Yeah. Okay, fascinating, fascinating. Okay, um, yeah. So before we jump into coronavirus, when did you start on Don? What what year exactly did you start on Don? Oh, exactly when the company was registered was like 2015, but it was actually quite dormant for the first year or two. You know, the idea was there, but we didn't really pick up our axe. You know, we we had some, you know, designs on the drawing boards. Um, I think when we became active was more like end of 2016. So we had our first model out and then we designed a second model. Uh, because the first one, when we launched it, it wasn't that successful. So, so tw- uh, 2017 was your first serious year? Uh, serious business, yes. Because yeah, okay. after the first you know, first product launch in 2016, which was our Aqua Diver, because mm-hmm. we had you know, no following and we, you're just starting out of the blue. Yeah. I mean, nobody knew who you are. You used to talk to anyone in the business who wants you, you want you know, people to cover you. They don't want to do that. So we decided oh, we, we'll, we'll do a, a cheaper version. You know, we'll, we'll do what we call now the Urban Series. Um, and I ordered something for Christmas. Um, that was like in October. And But unfortunately, um, there was a delay in manufacturing. They would say the earliest time I could get my products will be probably end of November. Mm-hmm. And I, I say, gosh, how am I going to sell my Christmas orders when I only get my products in by end of November? So I was thinking, how do we get out of this? How can I sell watches without having watches? That's kind of difficult, right? Yeah. So the idea popped up was, oh, let's do crowdfunding. Mm. Okay. So we decided to do crowdfunding 
with our next series of watches. On what platform? On uh, that was Kickstarter. Okay. So we put a project on Kickstarter um, during December, and we sold like closer to two thousand watches on a Kickstarter campaign. Yeah. So if you you know going Kickstarter, it's a real one. So just yeah. Kickstarter yeah. and and just search undone. Got it. Got it. And then I'm on there it. we are. I'm on it. Yep. So basically, a lot of you know Chinese or Hong Kong based companies would you know kind of like try to trick people by saying, oh, I'm, I'm based in America, I'm based in somewhere in Europe. But mm-hmm. I decided to be true to our audience, is that mm-hmm. I, I tell them, you know, I, I was actually doing a video, being Chinese myself, I'm mm-hmm. not hiding anything. So I've been actually launching that project on Kickstarter as a Hong Kong base mm-hmm. uh, project. Your name forward, you put your name forward and your that authenticity from yes. yourself to the brand, you know, is, yes. is resonating right there. Yes. And I think that's the the new way of doing business. You yeah. have to be, a brand has to be authentic. Yeah. You don't just make up a name and say since 1897, you know, that's mm. how it used to be. Mm. A lot of the Asian ways of doing branding is to, you know, trying to make some pedigree out of nothing. Mm. And, and, so, and uh, it reminds me of um, a conversation I was having with um, with somebody in the industry just last week. And mm-hmm. what we we're saying was like, you know, in the wake of this coronavirus um, yeah. issue, the brands I'll be remembered in the aftermath would be remembered for what they did now. Mm-hmm. Um, not just about me, 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 me. Um, yeah. It's really what, how can we help? You know, we're screwed. Yes. We're all yes. screwed, but how the heck can we help? You know, and, yes. and those are the guys I remember. Like in the UK, um, mm-hmm. the supermarkets have been like amazing, totally right. amazing. Um, mm-hmm. The way they've behaved in this crisis and they would not be forgotten. You know, um, they've had right. really rough, you know, last two years, you know, the, the profits have not been where they really wanted to be. They're going mm-hmm. to see profits now, but they're doing things the right way. And so yes. you know, they, mm-hmm. they get the dividends on the back of that. Mm-hmm. And, and I think, yeah, that that's the, the thing, you know, tr- the, try not to hide, uh, you know, you are. Who, who you are, you know. And, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, talking about the coronavirus, although, you know, like watches, we, we don't stop the epidemic. <laughs> you know, watches don't stop the virus, no, but no. you know, but we can use our products to to actually show some care to mm. people. I mean, you can actually lift, literally uh, gift a watch to someone you care. Yeah. I mean, it's it's time now that your most people are, are locked down at their homes. You've got lots of time to to rethink what's important in life. You know, now it's not your luxury cars. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't matter how much money, you know, like Prince Charles has, you know, how much money he has, right? So it's not about money. It's about, you know, rethinking what's important in your life. Okay. And for us, we are trying to launch a new campaign soon. Is that for people to actually show that they care. Mm. It's like maybe it's a memory, you know, because our watches can be customized, you can put a photo of a specific memory. Yeah. So you can probably send that watch 
to someone you care. Yeah. We're, we're not trying to make money out of things. It's, but, it's you know, interesting. It's, it's, yeah. It's interesting, a member of our community, our Facebook community, um, mm-hmm. he sells like personalized gifts. So he sells yes. um, frames, wooden frames. So if you send a photo to him, he'll carve yes. it up in a wooden frame. I don't know how right. they do it. It's like, yeah. um, it's laser, you know, carved mm-hmm. out there. Mm-hmm. But he's changed, he, he was going to do Mother's Day and all that kind of stuff. And he's just changed yeah. it to I care, you know, mm-hmm. And, you know, the, the feedback from the market has been incredible because yes. he understands what people are feeling, right, right now. Yes. And he's yes. fine-tuned his product to, to sit there, you know. Yes. And um, he's, he's seen incredible success. Mm-hmm. And I think that's important because it's not the money-making side. I mean, of course, we have to try to maintain the business. We, mm-hmm. we don't want to fire everyone, you know. Uh, that's why we, we kind of like have to streamline our marketing uh, to show some care to the society. I mean, not putting money making as the top priority. Mm. It's about, you know, catching people's emotions. I mean, you can take it everything from a positive way of, mm. you know, now people have more time to themselves, to their family, at, at least to their immediate families at home. Uh, it's about using that uh, message and you know secondarily you will have business I mean if you are giving the right message you will literally um, be I wouldn't say successful but at least you will maintain certain level of business during mm-hmm. these difficult times okay Michael I want us to talk about coronavirus but there are two things I want us to touch about the first is so your first year in business and your first serious year 2017 um was about what um 2 million Hong Kong um dollars how so what does that translate in USD um how did you do how did you progress from 2017 from a revenue standpoint to 2020 yeah, yeah. Um, and then the second question, um, I'll ask you the second question shortly after. Right. So, you know, that was uh, the first series business was the Kickstarter program. So we, we, we took in about 200K US out of that. Mm. Uh, and the next coming six months was uh, scrambling uh, to deliver it because we only had three employees back then. Oh. And we only had the first watchmaker after the Kickstarter. I was the watchmaker before then. You know, I, I actually personally assembled the first 500 watches out of Undone. Uh, so that progressed from there. Uh, lucky thing was we, we have some um, uh, seed angel investors uh, in our company. So we were investing a lot uh, in our uh, online advertising we were mm-hmm. doing a lot of uh, Facebook acquisitions. Mm-hmm. And, uh, with an agency? Um, actually, initially with an agency, but actually every agency we we trying to get, we basically fired. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we are a little bit too new of this um, business. A lot of agencies have been doing a lot of name brand uh, online strategies. So the way of spending is totally different to when you have a, 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 a you know a fresh brand. Great, when you're trying to launch, brand. yeah, the, the onus is on the on the founders to figure out okay 
how are we going to be different? And if they could sort of um, advise the agency that this is the direction, um, yes, then it could work because everything there is still up in the air, right. really. There, yeah. there's, there's uncertainty. Exactly. Um, I think the agencies are so used to working with name brands, you know, like Nike, Adidas, you know, they could literally you know, brand, go brand to... Equity. Yeah, they could literally go to Google AdWords to buy traffic, right? Yeah. But try, brand name, you know, exactly. buying Google on both undone watches, you can get the cheapest Google ad because nobody's going to buy it. No, who's, who's, but, yeah. But nobody would need need to search for it or click through on it. Mm. So it's a total different marketing program. Mm. I mean, if you just rely on paid search and paid Facebook ads, initially it wouldn't work. So the lucky thing was during the first year, um, I had my first marketing manager who is also a watch collector. He's very active on Instagram mm. and he has a lot of watch buddies on Instagram. So we were actually doing a lot of seeding through that channel, through his mm. channel, to his friends. You know, he's just telling people, you know, I'm working for a watch company now. We have mm. a new product. Why don't you try it out? So he was actually giving away a lot of uh, free products initially to these influencers. Mm. So that got us in at least a product out to the hands of the real users. Mm. And then uh, through that, we had connections to the watch online watch magazines. So because of these uh, watch enthusiasts, a lot of times they are contributing editors to these watch online magazines. So we started to get some traction within the online media with mm. this product. Mm. But I think what really helps was that our, our product, I would say it's, it's quite strong on quality for this price. Mm -hmm. So I think it's well received on the market. So it's not a watch that you will buy and then say, oh gosh, I wish I didn't buy it. Mm -hmm. right? There's a lot of times when you buy products online is that it looks beautiful on the pictures, but yeah. once you get it, it it's crap. So yeah. I, I, our products, it's more the other side because we didn't spend so much on the branding side. You know, our initial photos wasn't that great. And a lot of people were saying, gosh, your product, are much better in, in real life than your photos. Exactly, so, which is what you yeah. want, really. You want to over-deliver and, you know, under-promise. Yeah, and, and, and unfortunately, in e-commerce, usually is the other side. Well, so the other way you know, around. Our, our, our pain point was taking real, really nice photos. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that was actually one of, one of the things that we did afterwards. We invested a lot uh, to get our aesthetics better our marketing better you know we invested in uh, in web programmers our initial programming was outsourced exactly so so my, my follow-up question was mm -hmm. um you know I'm, I'm always looking behind the scenes and websites trying to reverse engineer what stuff is going on there i yeah. noticed that on don is not on your traditional shopify or big commerce nope. what have you it seems yep. like it's like a custom setup um, right. Could you shed some more light? I know you're not. Um, your your co-founder is more into the e-commerce yep. e bit, but, but I've been um, selling software for a few years, so okay. <laughs> I know my IT stuff. What, what so, is the platform? What what do you guys run on? Okay, initially I was doing the the website, and we were evaluating different platforms. You know, everyone was using Magento uh, for the platforms. 
But unfortunately, our customizer makes it extremely difficult for mm-hmm. the warehouse side yeah. because we have no fixed SKU. Every product is different. So if really? you talk about you SKU numbers. SKU. Wow. Yeah. So we only have components. We have okay. SKUs for components only, but not the final product. Okay. So if we use a final product SKU, we might have 2 million SKUs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that will not work. It won't work. So the traditional okay. Magento warehouse does not work. Mm-hmm. So I decided early on was to actually um, do things from ground up. So we outsourced to a company that designed our own content management system, our warehouse management systems. So that's how we started. The unfortunate downside to this was because we were small, we didn't have a lot of functions of what Magento offers. Mm-hmm. So it took us a long time to do new programs, to do new interfaces and everything. So everything has to be manually uh, designed. What about the overheads? You know, um, getting a techie to, to build out you know, a feature, to roll yep. out a feature set, you know, it just depends on how long it would take. You know, how yes, every that. time you get quoted, even get a uh, spelling mistake to be adjusted, you know, it will probably cost you 100 quid to just yeah. to delete an S. You know, that, you know, I was frustrated with that after like six months of using that, you know, and then you have to like wait three months for an update. So me and my, my partner decided, geez, we, we know tech ourselves. Why don't we manage it ourselves? You know, then we went out to actually uh, bring in my other friend. He's not a co-founder, but a, a good buddy. Uh, who used to work as a team when we were selling software. Mm-hmm. And he is he, a guy who, who manages the, the Microsoft Windows in Asia. So he, he's a really tech guy. So we got him in. We started to actually um, do all the development in-house. We took back all the software development from the outsource company. We took back all the coding, took back rewrite, hire our web programmers. So then, then it, it started to change. I think that was one of the game changes because, mm-hmm. you know, before we had to wait, wait, wait. You know, in, in marketing, you know, it, it's something you have to adjust very quickly. You know, I mean, there's the coronavirus. Then you have to quickly adjust your marketing. You can't say, you know, I plan things out six months ahead. Mm-hmm. On the web, you can't. You know, we were doing um, literally because, uh, you know, the Joker, the movie, they yeah. won the Grammy Awards, right? Yeah, absolutely. So when they were nominated, mm-hmm. I would say Joaquin Phoenix will probably win this. So we, within our marketing, decided, oh, let's do a Joker watch, right? Mm-hmm. We literally did that, you know, during the times when he was nominated. Mm-hmm. And then on the day of the Grammys, we were betting that he would win. <laughs> and then we launched it on the same day. The Joker watch, you know, mm. who would have got a Joker watch prepared for a launch for his win? You know, mm. that's how quick marketing has to be. I mean, you have to respond to the market. You have to listen to the market. And we were the only Joker watch, of course, mm. after the Grammy win. How do you, how do you manage licensing? And so, so who, what, what do you do about licensing? I mean, licensing was kind of like, I knew at the very first we I wanted, you know, licensing. And, you know, a lot of people were telling me, oh, why don't you partner with Supreme? You know, that would be a good idea, wouldn't it? <laughs> right? 
that that was you know I've actually had you know people talking at least ten times telling me Michael you should partner with whatever brand Off White Supreme yeah I know them but they don't know me <laughs> that's a problem you know who would want to work with Undone nobody wants to work with Undone we're too small right mm-hmm. and and some brands who who are successful why would they want to work with a new brand who are you so that's kind of like impossible you know mm-hmm. I can't get celebrities from Beverly Hills from Hollywood. They wouldn't want to work with me. So the next best is to get someone, a brand that people know. And IP is actually the only way out. The only way you can pay for it without costing you an arm and a leg. You know, they don't need a million dollars to get a license. So that's how it started. You know, I, I of course, want, you know, celebrity, uh, collaborating with us but you know that's impossible so we we went for the next best and the idea was to to work with characters that people know i mean then you will Tom and jerry's here yeah. you know you have yeah, Tom we, and Jerry. we started off you know doing doing um ultraman and then we went to uh peanuts and then uh we licensed moomin and mm. lately we partnered with warner on a global contract for three years so we will be doing all the uh, DC Comics Justice League and Looney Tunes. I mean, is we, it is uh, it expensive licensing? I think licensing it's a tricky thing. Uh, if you just go out for licensing, it will be very expensive. But if they like you, mm. they like your business model, then there are room for negotiations. Yeah. So you, you because, build the brand first. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So when you build the brand first and, and the, because honestly, we are not in there to make the licensors rich because we don't have money, but we have a very interesting model for these people because of our customization. Let's say on peanuts, you know, the peanuts family pr- probably has about 10 characters in there. And most people, when they license an IP, they would only take the most famous ones. Like, let's say from Peanuts, they would take um, Peanuts, Snoopy, and Charlie Brown. And that's mm-hmm. probably it. That's the reasoning because people have to pre-purchase their stock. They have the minimum order quantities. So they wouldn't bet on a character which is not sellable. They mm-hmm. wouldn't do a peppermint watch. Who would mm-hmm. do a peppermint watch, Right. So these characters never see the light of the sun. So they never, they never will be released. But with us, we have the customizer. We can print the dials after an order comes in. So we can literally put the whole family of peanuts onto our customizer. Mm. So that would not cost me a dime in inventory. Mm. So I think to... The licenses, that's a very interesting proposal. We can present the whole family of peanuts. Which is brand uplifts, yeah. But none of the, even the biggest watch brands would ever care to do it. They would always just do the Snoopy and Woodstock watches. Focus on one character, exactly. Exactly. So we are taking IP on a very different route. We are also helping out the IP to expose the whole set of characters. 
So that's that's a very different way of you know handling um, in, in, uh, licensing. Incredible that you you're so full of knowledge and um, yeah, as in we could have a full episode on just how you successfully launched your Kickstarter campaign. As in it's it's you're you're that um, insightful. I have to say, um, what I would do, what what we should probably do is. Um, close this conversation up. Um, I'll, I'll end this up with a fire round and yeah. um, we could just spend another 10 minutes um, to talk about coronavirus if you have the time sure. um, as another episode. So we'll get two episodes in, um, but this one is really entrepreneurial. Um, I'm sure we're going to get a t- shed load of um, downloads on this um, <laughs> because of the value you have um you've put in here and I don't want to sort of, you know, layer in coronavirus crisis, you know, into this. I think we should have a separate conversation on that one. What do you think? Sure. Yeah, sure. Definitely. Brilliant. Okay. So before you go, I have what's called a a lightning round. Okay. Um, Essentially, (laughs) um, I'm going to ask you um, about seven questions. um, um, And then um, if you could use a single sentence to, to, to answer them, um, it, it would be awesome. Okay. Okay. So ready when you are. Um, how do you hire people? I don't look at resumes. I talk to them. Awesome. Okay. What advice would you give to yourself five years ago? Five years ago, I would say I wouldn't advise. Just do it. Okay. Right. Are you a morning person? I'm sorry. A want, wanting a morning, person? Morning person. No. Okay. I think positive. What's your daily morning routine? Take a shower. <laughs> what two things can't you live without? I can't live without my watch. Yeah, good. good. And my TV. <laughs> okay. What book are you currently reading? I've, uh, what's the name of it? Um, I had one I never finished. <laughs> <laughs> I, I currently, I basically gave up reading books. You're a doer. Yeah. Oh. I used to read a lot of books when oh. I had to do my PhD, which I gave up to. <laughs> <laughs> Your business. Okay. Um, finally, um, what's been your best mistake to date? By that, I mean uh, a, a setback that's given you the biggest feedback. Okay, uh, that was setting up the factory for packaging, doing mm. managing a factory. Mm-hmm. Okay, brilliant, Michael. Um, it's been amazing having this conversation with you. We're going to touch base again, um, just talking about how you went through the coronavirus. That'll be a shorter episode. Um, guys listening, um, you can go to ondon.com. It's just U-N-D-O-N-E.com fantastic interesting it's a custom build site loads absolutely quickly given the fact that it's a custom build you're not running on any you know um, major e-commerce platform um the products there are great michael if people wanted to follow you are you active on social media or um should they just follow the brand just follow the brand awesome i like that okay thank you so much for um you know turning up i i really really enjoyed this conversation thank you so much appreciate it Yes. Thank you.
Thanks for listening to this episode of 2X e-commerce. We encourage you to connect with our community of 2X e-commerce listeners on our Facebook group, e-commerce growth accelerator mastermind. Just search for 2X e-commerce on Facebook to find it. Answer three questions and you'll be approved. Grab the show notes of this episode on our website, 2xecommerce.com. Finally, if you haven't already, give the show a review on your podcasting app. Catch you on the next show and keep growing.